I've reached a point in my life where my Truman Show boat has hit the painting and I've got to a point that Michael Jackson did not break down. I have reached the glass ceiling as a creative person, as a celebrity. When I say that, it means I want to do product. I am a product person, not just clothing, but water bottle design, architecture, everything, you know, that you could, you know, think about. And I've been at it for 10 years and I look around, and I say, wait a second, there's no one around here in this space that looks like me. And if they are, they're quiet as fuck. Pussies, call the first one savage, mold my mood, that's what it was. 2016, we was running around, beating niggas up in the club. I know she around for the money, but act like she loyal, I don't feel the love. I'm so rich, get bored, might wake up, buy me a car just cause. You know, this is, I guess, the last Black uh, History Month episode for for this month. Um, and I totally it, forgot it was Black History Month, to be honest with you. <laughs> We're wrapping it up. We're wrapping it up. Not true. Not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a Black History episode without talking about one of the most revered, uh, talented, um, geniuses, you know, adjectives go on, figures um, in Black History without talking about Kanye West. And luckily today we've brought two esteemed scholars in the area of Kanye West to to talk more about the man, his discography, and pretty much everything else, right? Um, so this is my uh, dream. So let's let's <laughs> let's introduce our Kanye West scholar. So I'm gonna uh, throw it to you, Bruce. Um, so, th- mm-hmm. so I'm gonna ask you three questions. You just need to answer three questions. So got uh, you. Introduce yourself. Uh, yeah. State your credentials when it comes to being a Kanye West scholar and briefly tell us about your first experience with Kanye West. Great, great, uh, great question. So once again, DJ Bruce playing a B. Uh, so what were the questions again? Um, I'm too so hype. Sta- I'm too hype. State your, your scholarly credentials. Oh, okay. What, okay, what okay, are your okay, scholarly okay. credentials? What brought you to this moment in your life? <laughs> wow. Um, I can answer so that. Can I can, anything you know, you know, name up concerts that you've been to. You know, name you know, you got the albums on CD. You got the you got the records. You know, like so. I can answer the second two questions with one answer. Um, I'm my first experience was experience with Kanye was I think it was in middle school or in like in in ninth grade or something this girl I was dating uh called me and she was like yo turn on the radio that's the kind of girl I was dating she was from West Philly she was like yo (laughs) turn on the radio right now new Kanye I'm like what so I turned on the radio and Diamonds Are Forever was on and I kid you not I stayed on the phone with her and cried and cried and cried. I had never heard such beautiful sounds coming out of a radio in my entire life. And they must have played it four or five times, like back to back to back to back to back to back to back. So that was uh, that was my first experience with with my first visceral experience with Kanye. Um, and my credentials, I've been to. I went to the late registration tour. I went to the uh Yeezus tour um i dj'd uh at lincoln center for um 
a, a, a concert called Yeetoven, which it was drop, the, little name drop. Okay. Yeah, it was a, 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 a basically a medley of Kanye records juxtaposed against Beethoven records. <laughs> Um, that sounds very 2011. Yeah, if I, I mean, could it was a little more recent than that, but yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I was tapped. I was tapped to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, it runs deep. Um, you know, okay. I'm a. I was an avid reader of the Kanye uh, University blog. Oh, okay. So, okay. all you right. Know. So you got, you got, you got the sheet to prove it. Okay. So with that said, I'm gonna hand it off to Malik. This is Malik. I'm going to introduce our guest appearing for the first time on Savage Mode. We've got Benjamin Mack. He is a revered Kanye scholar. He hails from the South. He's currently located in uh, Texas, and he's going to tell us about his first experience as a Kanye fan and also you know, what he learned from listening to every Kanye rant on the Yeezus tour uh, via video from Twitter. Yo, yo, appreciate y'all having me, but Bruce, you didn't tell him about uh, DJ Big Champ. Oh. <laughs> you, you left you left that out, man. Yeah, well, that's that's for another, that's for the post, post-credit. post That's for the post-roll, but yeah, go ahead. All right, so my first, um, the first time I ever kind of heard about Kanye was Jay-Z has an album called This Can't Be Life. No, 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 the Dynasty album, and I kept playing the song This Can't Be Life over and over and over and naturally, it was the sample that drew me in, right? And then I heard another song later, because I was just a big Jay-Z head, you know, Rockefeller head. And and Jay-Z says, K-West on the track. And I'm, you know, again, the samples is drawing me over and over. And we're hearing, you know, H to the is O, V to the is A. And so I'm a fan, but I don't even know who this guy is. You know, I just noticing there's a sound. And then one day... I'm either in eighth grade or in ninth grade, and I'm watching MTV, you know, behind the music. Like, it's like a 10-minute little, like, documentary thing where they're, and they go, have you heard the name Kanye West? And I'm like, and I'm rapping the name. I'm like, yes, I have. And they explain, like, yo, this guy's about to blow up. And for everybody listening, I'm, I'm sure you know this, but this is pre-social media, early internet, early, like, like, early internet so i watched this whole thing and i'm thinking i'm late because mtv just told me about kanye <laughs> i was i was early i mean so i ran down literally as soon as it was over i ran downstairs <laughs> jumped on the computer and downloaded everything i could on limewire and i still have the cd to this day and it's hilarious <laughs> it's still it's Ooh. hilarious because i burned the cd with all these songs and i wrote Kanye West in cursive, like really fancy. I was like, I was like, this guy's gonna be famous. So I wrote it very fancy in cursive, <laughs> and like from top to bottom, like played it over and over and over and over. And I just was, and I think I went to Henry's house and I was like, yo, Malik's house. <laughs> I went to Malik's house. I was like, yo, you gotta hear this guy. Like this guy's amazing, and. You know, I've been a fan ever since. The only thing that I haven't been is to the Yeezus tour. I've been to every every other tour. I've seen every almost anything and everything. Like when nobody knew who John Legend was, like everything I've ever I've seen it all. Like seen it all, heard it all. Not surprised by so many things, but yeah, that was my like early introduction, and it was kind of like the first time that, you know, because of those soul samples, I could play it 
around my 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 dad you know like older people love the soul samples and the chopped up and the beats and all of that and then this guy was also rapping with like you know talib Kweli and them early on so it was kind of like oh i can play this around my parents and they're not gonna be mad you know so that that was the early kanye one i want to say i'm impressed two uh i did go to the touch the sky tour as well i forgot about that but we we can get into that a little a little later so there's very compelling credentials on both sides but of course in the name of journalism we're going to test the knowledge um of those appearing you know before the public today before we really get into you know the fun stuff so we got we got a short uh you know short bit of kanye trivia coming up right now for you both so we're going to ask a handful of questions you can both uh pause for a moment before offering your answers it's not going to be scored in any way so irving you got the how socialist of you 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 got the first question (laughs) all opinions are valid (laughs) there are no winners and losers here okay gentlemen so welcome to kanye west trivia so first question first question kim kardashian <laughs> close close almost almost there in 2016 kanye west went on twitter and asked mark zuckerberg for money how much money did kanye west ask for it was either a billion or a million it was 20 million uh final answers what's your 20, final answer 20 million okay and ben uh, I'll probably say yeah, about twenty million. The answer is you had it, man. Don't don't you know one billion. Don't question your instincts. <laughs> one billion. <laughs> so, yeah, one I billion. billion I think I think he was I think he was in debt. I think he was in debt for um like twenty million. Buying a jet. Then. Yeah. On personal yeah, debt. Do you do you know what else is crazy about that? <laughs> so after he goes on that rant, Mark Zuckerberg is like real life friend. Is, is on Facebook. It was like, you can't ask Mark Zuckerberg for a billion dollars on Twitter. At least go on Facebook. And like, y'all know like Zuckerberg never like logs on, but he actually like liked the post. <laughs> oh, he liked it on Twitter? No, on Facebook. Like, oh, he, really, okay. he really liked it. It was like, you know, not, not the, the bot. Like, it was, he re- not the company. Like, he actually liked it. Okay, okay. Uh, so, z- z- zero, zero. Okay, I'm going to hand it off to <laughs> I thought it was no the scoring. Question. There's a score. There's a score. No, I mean, he, 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 he got that point, man, because he was joking, but he, he got the point. All right, and for this one, for this one uh, do not say the answer. Just uh, visualize it until you both have the answer. So, Kanye and Louis Vuitton collaborated on a high-top sneaker with two straps in 2009. Who is the sneaker named after? Jasper. <laughs> uh, we, I guess we have our winner there. <laughs> I can see the video where he's sitting in the he's sitting in the hotel room with the with the suitcases. Yeah. He's just like, I shall be known as the Louis Vuitton Don henceforth. <laughs> you know what was crazy about that is. Those came out the same time as the uh, original, like Nike Yeezys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say the next question is, what is Ivan Jasper's nickname? We'll give Bruce a chance to answer this one first. I don't know. All right, Ben, I'm what out. you got? I don't know either. Ferrari Murakami. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> AKA. I remember that. Yes. 
And what what was his role in Kanye's entourage at that time? <laughs> he just for the, just for the audience. He carried one of the bags. Nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Come on, it's Kanye, and I got a story behind this too, a different one. He was oh. the barber. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> so, so here's my here's my barber Kanye story. I go to a barber, and listen, y'all, on the south side of Raleigh, like <laughs> south side. Across the street is St. Aug University, right? And one day, I go to the barbershop, and there's a picture of Kanye West. And I was like, whoa, you cut Kanye's hair? He was like, yeah. I was like, when? He was like, uh, the other day. What? Yeah, yo, I have the picture on my phone. <laughs> He, I was like, how did you cut his head? He was like, Kanye just said he needed the best barber in Raleigh, so they came to me. And I was like, true. The net, no lie, like that was like a Wednesday. Sunday, Kanye was on the Grammys with the Fendi's cut it all in his head. <laughs> and I was like, did you do that? And he was like, no, 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 no. I didn't do that. <laughs> so I tried to get him, to, not the Fendi, it was like a design. And I, tried, I was yeah. like, did you do that in my head? Yeah. And he was like, no, I Nah, once you're on that level, you're getting a haircut every day. So, that's, yeah. A lineup? Yeah. Every day. Every day. <laughs> All right, what's, what's next? I got to redeem myself somehow. Okay. Here. All right. Uh, Should we go with an easier question or a harder question? Let's go with the All easier right. one. Let's go with the easier one. So, the next trivia question is, uh, what year did Kanye West launch his creative agency, Donda? I want to say, like, 19, 1996, but uh, I don't know, 2012? Uh, I'm gonna have then to you, say. Then you got a number? Sometime after his mom passed away, so anytime after graduation, I don't have a real. So answer. that goes to Bruce. Yes, it is 2012. You got that one. And this, that, way, this is when he became began his James Terrell uh, obsession. Yep. Last uh, trivia question: How many times has Kanye appeared on SNL? Damn. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the performances. So the last, yep. So yeah, I know at least three because he did what's it called too. He did. Uh, he was on there with with Lil Pump. Ultralight Beam. Oh, then yeah. he did. Then he was on there doing Ultralight Beam. I do remember he, that. And then before that, he did Black Skinhead. He did. Uh did he ever do Gold Digger? So I say I say I say five. All right, Bruce says five. Ben, 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 how many you got? Four or five, yeah. Whatever Bruce says on this one. <laughs> uh, ding, 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 ding. Five is correct. Yes. All right. You guys are knocking these out. Uh, all right. <laughs> came, you came to the right place, man. <laughs> Give me a real one. Like, what was his car? We we got a question for you, Ben. Uh, what what car did Kanye? crash in the beginning of runaway you you guys walked right into this one <laughs> if you want a hard question i know the i give me the car that he got before he got his like Maybach. give me the baby i know like the baby mama bins kind of oh no 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 no! i know exactly what it was is a countach it's the lamborghini countach nope damn what, all i remember is that nigga was running with them white shoes. I know. He was, he was <laughs> booking it. 
I've never seen somebody <laughs> run so fast in my life. It's an obscure supercar, the MTX Tantra V8i. You might think you've peeped the scene. You haven't. The real one's far too mean. The watered-down one, the one you know, was made up centuries ago. They made it sound all whack and corny. Yes, it's awful, blasted, boring. Twisted fiction, sick addiction. We'll gather around, children. Zip it, listen. Can we get much higher? So high. segment is out here <laughs> <laughs> so this first segment is going to revolve around one question and you guys can take it where it has to go but the first question is what was kanye's most important record and when you say record do you mean album or song yep album and then you should pick a song from the album that defines you know the most important the that sucks yeah, that's kind of a, that's a <laughs> shitty question. Blame blame Irv. <laughs> I, I I think I think this question will reveal to both of you where you you land in the in the spectrum in the kind of spectrum. No, no, because it's not fair, right? It's like I feel like you can answer so many of them. You can easily say first album because you get them. You can easily say you know gra- second album because he proved who he was. You can easily say third album because. Graduation put him in map. You can easily say 808s and Heartbreaks because it changes the whole <laughs> sonic of music today. And then you can easily say, I for, always forget the name of this album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Ben. ben. Like, after My Beautiful Dark Twisted <laughs> Fantasy. Ben, you, you, like, just gotta, you just gotta pick one. You just right. gotta pick one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start. I'll start just because I, I, I've had a lot of time to think about this. I'm gonna say Graduation but solely because of Stronger. Because I think Stronger was a, like you said, uh, 808s was a, was, changed the sonic landscape of music. I think Graduation, and specifically Stronger, gave pop music permission to go more into like an electronic, direction um because at that time one there weren't a ton of mid-tempo songs the only person making mid-tempo records at the time was pharrell also edm was still kind of relegated to la and miami and and it really hadn't in in like european record labels like it really hadn't broken in the united states i think it was like two coinciding things it was Daft Punk at Coachella, and then a track int- or telling Kanye that like, yo, Daft Punk's like a big deal everywhere else but here. And Kanye is like, good. And then he put out, <laughs> and then he called Mike Dean and was like, yo, I can't get these drums right. 
And Mike Dean was like, all right, I got you. And it was like, and the rest is history. So I think that, like, as far as musical history, I think that was like a real pivot point um, on resting on that single alone. And also, um, what other song was on that? You got you got to talk about um, good life. Yes. Oh, good life. Yeah. Clearly, working with T Pain, the precursor to Eight Oh Eights, but but not just that one. What was the one? Damn, flashing lights, flashing lights too. Another one that that kind of gave pop music permission to go in that direction. He had been pushing it on late registration with the orchestral stuff, but on 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 uh graduation, it really kind of solidified that sound and like arguably pushed him over, like you said, into kind of the pop pop royalty. Yeah, can you talk some more about can you talk some more about like where he was in terms of his uh you know trajectory at this time and what was happening elsewhere in pop music? Like who who was he having a beef with when this album came out? I think when you think about that album, and I would have to pick that album too because that album makes Kanye West so large. He he doesn't he's no longer a rap artist. He's on Saturday Night Live, and people know his name, right? Like my dad loves flashing lights, and it's interesting when you say who he was at the time. At the time, you know, Fifty Cent had sold five million, whatever first album, you know, and and people don't forget. That's why I think they're always a good contrast. Gangsta rap was extremely popular. This guy comes in named Kanye wearing, you know, pink polos and a backpack. And they do their good marketing of, you know, we're going one-on-one against each other. And whoever wins, you know, 50 Cent said he'll stop rapping if he loses, right? And Kanye, like, <laughs> smacks him. Like, it's not even fair, right? Like, sells a million copies. And to be honest, at a glimpse you honestly, at that point, you know, rap-wise, who's bigger than Jay-Z? It's obvious Kanye is bigger than everybody, right? Like, I'm going to be honest. I would have to say that album, and I would have to say um, Can't Tell Me Nothing. And the reason why I would say that is because... Oh! Yeah. So, the reason why I would say that... Do y'all know how I heard that song? Uh-huh. Yo. Again, this is in Raleigh. Raleigh used to be have a, a syndicated gospel show. And me and my brother went to church every Sunday called like Coco Brothers, right? My brother comes into church. is like, I just heard the hottest Kanye song ever in his gospel. And I was like, you're lying. He was like, <laughs> he's, he's saying you can't tell me nothing. He So think about it. It's yeah. not a gospel song, but people thought it was a gospel record. Yeah. Like it's not Jesus Walks, right? <laughs> like, it's not, it's not ultralight beams. And that's how big that was. Like, Anybody could pick a song on this album, and it's like, yeah, I I can play, you know, from Big Brother, Homecoming, which was old, Good Life, you know, I Yo. Wonder Stronger. It was, it was a masterpiece. Barry Bonds, and that was with, and with and, Wayne, and, with Wayne on it, and he got Wayne like, and Wayne was at the top, scorching. He was at the top of the pile, and scorching. he was number. He played number two to Kanye. On that album, it's, it's incredible what, what the man does. And I think it's so critical because the people who, who, there are a lot of people who didn't continue the journey after graduation. So, and a lot of people. You mean continue being a fan? A fan of his, yeah. right? And that is the album that they, you know, kind of look at him as 
an artist, right? They hold him to that album as a standard, not realizing every album is different. And after that album, it was kind of like, I'm out of here. I'm changing everything after this. You want to you want to know how massive Kanye was at this time? You know who opened up for him? I do. Lupe I was there. Fiasco, <laughs> Lupe Fiasco, Nerd, and Rihanna. Fam, let me tell you about that show. <laughs> I where did where did, t- you, where did you see it? I saw it. At, I saw it in Raleigh. Let me tell you about this show. Lupe opens up. They're still setting up the show, the stage. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. The, they they gotta perform on the on the side, like they yeah. can't even be on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> when Nerd when Nerd and Pharrell comes out, I remember I held up the Star Trek sign, and my brother and my sister was like, "Who in the hell are you? Like this is some <laughs> weird shit you're into. Like this is weird." Here's here's the best story. Here's the here's my favorite story about that. Here's my favorite story about that show. When Rihanna performs, guess what song Rihanna performs? Oh, she I'm performs in 07, 08? No, yes, she this performs. This was summer 07. Yes, she performs MIA's All I Want to Do Is. Yes. And I knew it. And my mm-hmm. brother and my sister again were like, How do you know this? And you're weird. <laughs> this is crazy. She does the whole first verse, and people mm-hmm. are like, They never heard this sound before. Exactly. Like, and you said something earlier, Bruce. I, you got to talk about this. Uh-huh. I was very big on the Kanye blog, and that's the yeah. first time he was like, "This is the stage." And it was like, you "Yeah, think the stage look like a mountain." Like- yeah, yeah, yo, this was like a fucking revelation. Just like uh, Diamonds Are Forever, I, I was like, "This is a show tune." Like my mom likes show tunes. How do you, how do you make a show tune sound gangster? This is the craziest shit I ever heard in my life. He built. This, like, clearly he had been inspired by Daft Punk at Coachella uh, and hired the same set designer to build him this light-up pyramid that he would perform in front of. And my favorite part about that show was one of the screens on the pyramid stopped working and he stopped. He was like, fix the fucking screen! (laughs) Like, he screamed at the tech. In the middle of the show, like like when Biggie like when Biggie threw the mic at the DJ when he kept fucking up, like he was like, "Fix the fucking screen, yo." That was that was and that was also right after his mom had passed away, so it was just like such an emotionally charged show. And he did "Hey Mama," and I like I was. I was on a date. It was like a new. I had a new girlfriend, a white woman, asterisk, and she had the same reaction. Like I'm bawling my eyes out while he's singing "Hey Mama," and she's like, "Who did I agree to date? Like this person is having a nervous breakdown right now." So what? Where was Kanye uh, fashion wise? I, I need to know more about 2007. Talk about his. Gra- talk about his Grammy fit. Talk about his Grammy fit. Oh, remember he wore the bubble vest with the LED lights at the top. Oh yeah, okay. And, and this it, was remember those remember those this glasses. This was shutter shades. Can this you was describe, can you describe the the suit to those who may not remember? Yes, he he was he. This was the shutter shades era, and I can't necessarily remember the the outfit, but everything he wore lit up, and <laughs> it it was incredible. Like the dude. He's untouchable. Like he was doing everything that you're not supposed that everybody does now. 
Like, he had graduated, no pun intended, from Polo, and he was just, like, on some futuristic shit that clearly, you know, Kid Cudi might have put him on to some of that. But, um, you know, we can talk about that a little bit later. Have y'all ever watched, like, any old Rockefeller videos? Oh, of course, yeah. He's, yeah, he's yeah. like, in the cut, chilling, but he's mm-hmm. the only, like, well-groomed, <laughs> like, person. Everybody else is wearing, like, 4X jerseys. And, like, it's just like, where did this gap look at this? Nigga, like, <laughs> Dude, I don't know if you I – don't, I don't know if you remember this one interview where he was it – was, it was the MTV Awards, I think, and this was before the big one, but he had to perform on the roof or he had to perform on, like – a balcony at a at like a hotel down the street because they still wouldn't or maybe it was the American Music Awards or whatever but they wouldn't let they didn't want hip hop on the main stage at the award show so he's performing he's crushing it like i think he was doing gold i think he was performing gold digger and then there was like an interview after that and Kanye was like it, the interviewer was like oh what what could you have changed about, you know, the controversy around the performance? Like, they didn't let you perform on stage. And he and they were like, so what, what would you have changed about, you know, that situation? He's like, the lapels on my jacket were too big. I would have. <laughs> that's That was his answer. <laughs> like, that's, that's all he... <laughs> That's all he. That's your. That's your boy. That's his biggest regret. Was that <laughs> the lapels on his jacket were too big? He had no shirt on, fucking suit jacket, wearing white finger glove, like. The, <laughs> that was him. Killing it. Killing it. All right. Do you, all right. Do you remember when he used to have the violin? Um, oh, bro. With that, from uh from Apollo. Like people bro, don't know that she was the she was, girl yes. who won on Apollo, and he just yeah. was like, "Yeah, let me get her." Yes, Mary Benary. Yes. So, and you you saw the late you were on the, you saw the late registration tour, right? Remember when he had like the 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 cubes. So on the late registration tour, his stage setup it was real modest, but it was it was a three by three. Um, it looked like. It looked like Hollywood Squares, basically. And in each panel of the 3x3 square was a different musician. It was a a, 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 a trio. There was a solo violinist. A-Track was in one of them with a DJ, uh, with the DJ setup. And there was a live drummer that you couldn't see. Like, that's the one thing about Kanye you don't realize. He has a live band at every show. You just never see it. Like it, it, it's incredible. Anyway, I I remember that at graduation when I was like, Where, the band is here. I yeah. can hear them, but I, yeah. I don't see them. You you don't know. You never see them. Did Patty Labelle come out during late registration tour? See, I live in again Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, like, <laughs> nobody ever ever comes out. Yo, yo, the show in Philly. He performed at Temple university late registration doing a college tour and motherfucking patty labelle comes out on stage and sings the song they did together he had patty labelle or like in the studio for his record which you 
with something that we are leaving off is as all of this is going on in that era. Yeah. Anybody he touches, he's doing another single with them on the side. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is when he's still producing. He's pushing Twister he's still, out. Yeah, Twister, yeah. Keisha Cole, John yep. Legend, like anybody who, come on, Common makes B. Common makes B. When does a kid called Cuddy drop? What year is that? So That's a little bit later. Yeah. Dan Knight comes out. It's say 2007, 2008. That's like after 808s, but you, mm-hmm. Cuddy's in there. Cuddy's in 808s, but we don't know yeah. who Cuddy is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Cuddy, at mm. that moment, what? who is Cuddy at that moment? Like what, what He's working that? at the Babe store in Soho. <laughs> That's who. That's who. That's who. That's how they know each other. Is because he worked at the Babe store and saw, like, that's the story. The Babe store that I always pass and saw. That's where Kid Cudi got to start. Incredible. Yeah. And and I remember, a little a little aside, Kid Cudi and uh and and Nigo did a interview together, and Kid Cudi and you know it's both super famous, and Kid Cudi's like is Cudi translating. Yeah, he could speak English, dude. But but he was like, the interviewer was like, yeah, I, you used to work at the babe store, right? And Kid Cudi was mad embarrassed because he, he didn't want to, he didn't want to, because uh, Nigo's sitting next to him and they're like peers, right? I didn't realize this is the first time you guys have officially met. Well, we met when I worked at the babe store. Yeah. But I don't think he remembers me. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little quiet and I was trying to stay out the way. You were like, I was like, oh my god, Nigo, so Teriyaki Boys, yeah. Like I was just like freaking out. I yeah. couldn't believe he came by the store. He just popped by. But <laughs> Nigo's been killing it since '93, so. You used to be my employee, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you used to work for me, right? Yeah, I don't think he clowned him like that. Like, but, but yeah, that was the that was definitely the dynamic. Kid Cudi was trying to uh, play so, down that part so this is interesting where like right uh, leaving graduation going to 808s collaborating with, with cuddy entering a different phase it, it seems like this is Yo, transition period the kanye farm team is is strong oh oh like bruh, all stars <laughs> all-star team all-star don c come on dog virgil my brother there was a, do you remember he had a mixtape before graduation Big Sean is on that mixtape, and my brother knew it from top to bottom. That's how early Big Sean was working in Was like, it at Gangsta Grills? I don't know what it was, but it was a prequel to Can't Tell Me Nothing. Like, I don't okay. even know if y'all remember this. Y'all remember Diddy used to have that butler? Yeah. Oh, uh, come on, man. What's his name? Fonsworth. I'm looking at him right Fonsworth. now. He's on my screen. <laughs> he had his own mixtape. I, I mean, hold on. But I want y'all to think about this. Malik, I, want y'all, right? I want y'all to think about this. Yo, Malik, go grab an umbrella, man. <laughs> think about this. Fonsworth Butley has a track with Kanye. Kanye. Andre 3000. Andre, yep, uh-huh. Everybody. Come on. And again, anybody that Kanye touches is like you're getting heat, like immediate heat at that moment. We're ready for our colors. Gwen? Your name is Gwen? Huh? I have here C-O-L-O-U-R-S. Cool outrageous lovers of uniquely wrong style. Classic, all black tuxedos. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he gets Andre in a music video, y'all. Yo, Grammy family. Oh, we can't be with good music. Yo, I used to listen to that going to gigs. I would just like play that shit on repeat, like in the Uber on the way to gigs. 
Get myself hyped up. up. Yeah. Yo, I even own Consequences album. Like this this shit ran deep. <laughs> it was though. It was yeah, like it's like it a was. guilt like guilty pleasure. Like yeah. I owned I own this album. I own a con I own the consequence <laughs> album. And it's actually not bad. Oh no, we can't be Since we, we, you know, looked over Kanye's discography and picked what was his best album, uh, we can also say, ask the question, what was Kanye's worst album slash worst song in his discography? And it can be a collab. It can be a, a par- an appearance, a featuring. I think I think it's the um, I think it's the first gospel album. Can you name the name of the album? Yeah, what's the name of the album? I don't even. The, the first one he made in Wyoming. Yeah, right? the first yeah. gospel, the first gospel album, I think, for for me, and I'll tell you why, because that first album he made in Wyoming, I didn't think it was that good, but then, but then when his choir sang it a cappella, I was like, yo, that's hard, <laughs> like that's hard, and I started listening to the words, I'm like, ah, it's the Jesus is King album. I felt like oh, that's okay, that's okay. the one that you think is his worst worst album. Yeah, sadly. Because even, I will say, I was disappointed in the album. Let me let me get the name of the album. I was disappointed in the other album. But it's, it's still not that. It's like for him, it's not his best. But compared to other artists, pretty good. I, I, I definitely play, played the cover of uh, That's the Way the Good Lord Works. I definitely played that cover. Because that's like a classic like Loft record. But um, but yeah, the covers are great. The original stuff, I'm not, I'm yeah. just not that into. Yeah, I agree. With, I agree with you. I really wasn't a fan of bipolar. But bi- the bipolar, I'm bipolar, and I hate, I hate it, and I love it, or whatever. I didn't like that. A lot of the Wyoming stuff just seems like directionless. And so, can we talk about this yeah. this moment in uh, Kanye's history? You know, what? Where was he? Uh, how did he get to Wyoming? <laughs> we got well. We have to go back, right? And we just got we just got the life of Pablo. Was was a was a a moment? Was an era? Was like 2016? Was a change a change of time and pace? I don't know where you were, but that's when life changed. Like period. Yeah. Pete Kardashian. Yeah. These these two. Yeah. Speak on it, y'all. Y'all were at the garden with Lil Yachty. Speak on it. <laughs> but but what's it? So. That's an interesting era. Would do you think that era and that album could contend to be some of Kanye's best work? Like, yeah, I'll, I'm. Just, I'll just say yes, absolutely. Designer went number one before Future. Yeah, the magic of Kanye. I think uh, it was it was like another graduation. Honestly, mm-hmm. it, again, Agreed. it was like we we went through this album, this album total together, and then he did it again with you know um the life of pablo and when you listen to it i mean again it changed the sound of things the one thing that you have to talk about that performance at madison square garden also allowed you this is how people will be dressing 
this is how we will be moving. Like, game changer. Were you at that Madison Square Garden concert, uh, Ben? Or did you stream? Did you tune into stream? I streamed it live, and sometimes, sometimes when I'm bored, I watch it again because it's it's so much of a moment. But Malik was there. Talk about it. I was there with. Y'all, y'all saw Chris Jenner and everybody like sitting in front row. Lamar Odom I don't know was who out any there. These people were. <laughs> I don't know any of these people. It was like a Tyson fight, but nobody was fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and and these were nosebleed seats, Ben. We weren't in front. We were in the hey, front. Hey, you still had you still had those those eight oh eight speakers though. But that was already years into the romance, right? When did he first appear on Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Oh, I you were talking to the wrong person about that. See that you, I'm talking to a scholar. You, look, man, I'm a Kanye scholar scholar, which I guess should should the bona fides should include knowing that side of the equation, but yeah, we were going to do a whole piece on Kanye's girlfriends and how they line up with each album. So you're, you're kind of burning that right now. We, we need it, we need Ben to step in I don't, here I don't know anything, when he first I don't appeared know anything about the Kardashians. on Keeping Up With The Kardashians. I don't know anything <laughs> wait, wait, about those Kardashians. Like, you guys, you guys must know at least a year. Throw out a year no, when this I don't, happened. No, I don't because, see, he dated her for a long time, but then they got married later, and I don't. I just listen to the music. It, it, it sounds like you guys have selective memory. Which is they weird. have you know no, no. <laughs> No, that's not true at all. Actually, it's that he and her had had a relationship for a very long time. Mm. Pri- like during all of the girlfriends, like they what, have what? been talking. Cause oh, she, interesting. Because she was she was a very notorious like L.A. rapper, basketball player, dater, and you know I guess Kanye was the one that you know convinced her to step out of that life um but i mean he proposed to her he 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 rented out um giant stadium in san francisco had an orchestra and proposed to her in the in center field like my man my my man is untouchable <laughs> i'm gonna be honest i'm looking at the albums in the years right yeah so my beautiful dark twisted fantasy that's when we get the easy tommy you know the amber the amber rose but mm-hmm. i do remember kim being around during watch the throne right yeah, yeah yeah um you get the Jesus no mention you know besides no you do you get the one of the greatest songs ever you get bound yeah and then life of pablo when it's like i'm going to actually put her in my art you know this is my my, this wife, is my lady like 100 mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent all the way like everybody knows it's not a secret but so the life of pablo comes out and i just had to say that was a moment that was yes. a real live moment and so season after, three yeah. Oh, remember? This is the whole fuck Nike campaign. I'm going to Adidas. Is it possible he doesn't have Tinker Hatfield's designs anymore? You know, like, can he do it? And then he makes the same shoe two million times and becomes a beater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he makes, the, he makes the life of Pablo. I love saying this. I was at one of the last tours before he lost his goddamn mind. So let me tell you how crazy this was. The man was floating above everybody yeah. on a stage mm-hmm. and like performing. I was on the floor. It was like it was it was wild. So the stage was suspended from the ceiling. Yes. Is that what you're just? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's strapped in. But see, what y'all can't see is people are throwing hella shit at him. And he's calm. So this is when this is that photo of him reaching over the edge of yes. the platform. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. And so the whole yeah. show is just him and music and him music rants. So we fast forward and one day CNN, Twitter, all over the world, he tells everybody he wants to vote for Trump. Like he would have voted for Trump. And I'm, to be honest, the first time I heard it, I wasn't shocked. I was like, yeah, it sounds like him. Like it sounds like something he would do, but I didn't know he would take it this far. I did and I didn't, you know, and it's a conflict of interest if his wife is out here trying to free people from prison and anti, you know, all of this and anti with Jay-Z and everybody else. She met with Trump, too, though, right? She did. She did. A lot of how about this? A lot of people did secretly. We find this out later. Um, (laughs) The platinum plan. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess after that, um, he, quote unquote, goes crazy. What year? What year is that? This is 2016. Yeah, 2015, 2016. Yeah. Is this is this is the same tour where Kim gets robbed in Paris and he has to leave the show? Yeah, this is like right before that. Yep. Okay. Because we need the whole story there because this is my first time hearing about that. Apparently, apparently it was like breaking news one day. Kim's apartment in Paris got robbed and they stole. A bunch of jewelry it was like gunmen and like real rainbow six style and he was performing and he like my wife's getting robbed i gotta go and like drops the mic and runs off stage in the middle of the show yeah so this is this is that yeah and it, and you gotta guys gotta remember at this time he finally has a real rival that can actually compete with him and his name is drake And this guy, Drake, has been climbing up these charts and he's not going anywhere and he is just as creative and he is just as popular and he's younger. And so and he's light skin. And he's light skin. Yeah, we (laughs) got to bring we got to bring that in. There you go. So when, you know, the life of Pablo come out, that's kind of like his last victory lap, to be honest. That's like his last hoorah. Like I run this. And then so at the time, he, you know, he kind of goes on the little rant. And that's how we kind of get to the Kanye we know now. And, you know, he. Throughout several years, he says he's bipolar. You know, he, um, you know, he had that MTV gave him that award. He had that mental breakdown on stage, and we just see these things happen over and over. But extreme, like we've seen these things before, but now it's kind of like, whoa. You can trace his political uh, life back further um, than that. I to mean, when he moves to Los Angeles. Exactly. <laughs> Everything falls apart. Exactly. Um, this is my, this is my thesis. I mean, we you know, we know we know how you feel about Los Angeles, but yeah, there there's a some <laughs> some could say that there's a cabal of people in Calabasas that uh you know have have different opinions about uh, how the world should be run, and I think Kanye. <laughs> Uh, falls in with the wrong crowd, a bunch of rich white men, and who like having him around, and and you know, he, that's how you end up where you're at. Somebody, somebody probably sat him down and was like, you know, you could be saving this much on your taxes, and he's like, whoa, <laughs> and, and that's how you get a Republican. You, you, you t- <laughs> it's, it's so crazy too because before then right before then when the 
when the Yeezus album comes, when people think he's crazy then, right? Yeah. He does that famous interview with, with Zane Lowe, where Zane he Lowe, actually yeah. brings up really good points about racism mm-hmm. and, and classism. And it's like, oh, he's not crazy. And then two years later, he's like, I would have voted for Trump. You know, like, well, well, I also wanted to point out that I was listening to uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and he he has this line where he's like, I'm the, I'm supposed to be the abomination of Obama's nation. That's a real shitty way to start a conversation. So I, at this time, Obama, because of the, the Taylor Swift incident, Obama called him a jackass. And that became viral. Like that video of the president of the United States, the first black president of the United States calls him a jackass it's deeper than that go 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 ahead big homie in chicago dissed a little homie in chicago uh there, there you go <laughs> oh it's chai town beef chai town beef you know just to make a quick mental health note like a lot of what kanye does is quote unquote crazy but being bipolar is fucked up enough like but putting a bipolar person in those situations like we can talk objectively about it and we're talking out of love and respect and 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 admiration but like it seems like there's also this shift point where a lot of how he's acting can also be interpreted through the lens of of his bipolar disorder uh or his alleged you know his alleged claim to be bipolar anyway psa aside when he gets out of the mental institution and he goes straight to Trump Tower, right? Mm-hmm. With the blonde hair. With the blonde hair. And we haven't with, seen him. In the tracksuit. Haven't seen we him in a long time. haven't seen him because he, quote, unquote, had a mental breakdown on sure. Go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. See, before I let you go, one last thing I need to let you know You ain't never seen nothing crazy then This nigga went to y'all his Lexapro Remember that last time in Mexico Remember that last time the episode Asking me why the hell I text the code Four times as I say don't text me ho Told you four times don't text me ho And we finna lose all self-control But you ain't finna be raising your voice at me Especially when we in the Giuseppe store But I'ma have the last laugh in the end Cause I'm from a track I'll check a hoe Yeah I'ma have the laugh in the end Cause I'm from a track I'll check a hoe And I so this is 2015 or 16 yeah it was it was he was still running trump was still running and i had this kind of thought today i was like oh i mean kanye is just responding to trump because trump's being nice to him at like a very vulnerable point in his life and also he's an egomaniac and he has received ire from the last two sitting presidents of the United States, why wouldn't the foreseeable next president of the United States want to have court hold court with Kanye? Like Kanye is the big bigger than than sliced bread in Kanye's mind. Of course, the per, uh, next person who's bigger than sliced bread is going to need Kanye West in his orbit. You know what? But what Kanye doesn't understand is that he's black, and <laughs> and and what's what's so sad about it is if you listen through Kanye's K- 
catalog, he is acutely aware of his powerlessness because of this fact and has been he wrote spaceship and was a champion spaceship specifically he's been a champion for working class black people all of <laughs> all of his his whole career all of his music is just triumphant black joy Every right. single song, like and, speak and, on it, and overcoming obstacles. If yeah. you told me I can't do this, I'm gonna do it times twelve. Yeah, and it's just oozing out of him, like the love that he has for the culture and for, um, like there's he his his dating history aside. There's other than Mike Dean. There's no white people on his team. <laughs> he put the neighborhood on his back. Right. Plus Michel Gondry. And well, Michel Gondry gets a pass. <laughs> but but Kanye just I think at this at this certain point his his goals stop being let me elevate on the ground level. And it's funny that you bring up the Zane Lowe interview because I that interview he was talking about um how he wanted Yeezy to function like he wanted he was starting out with like the thousand dollar sneaker because he understands how fashion works and he understands how trends work he wanted to start out with the high-end sneaker and then inevitably he wanted his shit to end up in payless you know and he was like i just got <laughs> off the phone with the ceo of payless and we all know what happened to payless they went out of business but he he's he's been trying to democratize really nice things he wanted to make them like shacks where everybody can afford it exactly exactly that's what he wanted to do but he didn't he didn't want to give up the uh credibility he didn't want to not the credibility he didn't want to give up the prestige of working with a louis vuitton or a dior or or balmain or all that he didn't want to give up his high fashion pedigree um but he also wanted to democratize it so that it was accessible to everybody because honestly he probably just thinks things are ugly and he was like all right <laughs> i'm gonna commit all of my brain power so that if i have to look at a poor child at least they're gonna be wearing dope shit so you know so in, in a way he's he's kind of a, a a saint for for that but you know i digress you don't you don't got the answer sway <laughs> so this brings this brings a question to mind for me you ever lost 20 million dollars uh, you ever lost twenty million dollars? You ain't got the answer. This this makes me ask a question um, that we haven't written down. But what what is uh, Kanye's crucial insight as an artist? And it can be applied, you know, to him as a advertiser, as a celebrity, as a musician, as a you know, fashion mogul, whatever. What what is his crucial insight? Listen to the kids, bro. Pretty much. He does that better than anybody, right? And basically what he does, some people may call it biting, but what he does is he realized what is the hottest, greatest, youngest, blackest, dopest thing out there. He works with them. He studies them. He allows them to, as well as, you know, let me show you some structure over here. Let me help you out. And if if done properly, both people can profit from the situation. And he's able to understand. Because if you really look at it, in rap years, he's old. 
has been over for a long time. But this guy has had, you know, from the Travis to the Chance to everybody. I mean, I remember the first time, even Chief Keefe, I remember the first time I heard Kanye on Don't Like. I was like, this is that sound I want to hear. Not realizing this isn't Kanye's sound. This it's is young somebody Chops. else. This is Young Chops. I mean, he worked with the DJ Mustards. And he continues to do that as well in fashion and anything. But he mm-hmm. also knows, he knows at this point, I have a whole generation of kids who are listening to me, right? Yeah. And a whole generation. And he doesn't do, he just doesn't do that with the music. He does that with the, the fashion and the clothing. And I think that's what, um. Which then makes his music relevant. Right. In, in some way. But I think I think his grand thesis is yes, listen to the kids. But it's again, I think he thinks he he's a he's a trained artist. Like he is a trained visual artist. He went to art school. Like his his painting, I don't know if you saw, but like some of his paintings popped up on Antiques Roadshow. Like <laughs> it, it he going for for money, right? Um I think he's just a very aesthetic thinker i mean you the look, look at the, the the vogue tour of his house his sink is just like flat like there's just no sink there his his bath his bathroom's a james terrell installation like <laughs> the dude is just a, a aesthetic thinker and i really think it just comes down to how do i translate what i'm what my vision is to the world, not knowing that he just has a piss poor vocabulary. But but I think Kanye also has a unique set of inputs because I think every artist is trying to do that. But Kanye, like uh, Ben said in the intro, like he was pre-social media, but the internet has always been part of who he is, and not just as an advertising tool, but how he you know ingests the world. The Kanye University website was incredible. It like, was a blog before people were blogging. Yeah, but I'm Speak just talking about I'm talking about the landing page. I mean the landing it he he not I don't at the time that's when he started working with Takashi Murakami and that that website was just a big Takashi Murakami kinetic painting. Like it was incre- it, it, he had he had the characters like it was a full anime cartoon situation like there were it was it was it was very impressive but then the blog was attached to it and he was doing what everyone's doing now which is just posting content your regular life yeah and he was and he was only writing in the subject line and not not in the body of the all caps uh, all caps (laughs) in the subject line not in the body of the post and what are those they're tweets they're tweets there is it's the precursor to Instagram and their their tweets. It's the man Damn. the man is is He also talks about his Tumblr when it comes to fashion. Yeah, his um, tum- his Tumblr was very he he was he was definitely you know that JJJ Jound um but he was he and Justin are buddies and he was just basically I, it well, actually, you know what it was? It was found. It was that website found, and then Justin did Jound, which was just about like fashion and furniture and shit. And then Kanye wanted to do what Jound were doing. These are all like tumblers that were that were uh, popular at the, at the moment. And what's Justin doing now? Jound like sells out in three seconds. You know, it, it's yeah. 
and I, w- I will say we, we we didn't talk about this, but mm-hmm. if you don't have Kanye, I don't think Jay Z's career lasts as long. I was just I was just thinking about. I that. mean, and I'm a big Jay Z. <laughs> I was just thinking about. But that. I mean, if like Jay Z, when you look at him, he was always the person leading leading the way. Yes. And and what to do, and now he finally had somebody in his camp. That was able to push his thinking, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I can wear, I can wear a different kind of clothes, yeah, and it looks cool. Wow, yeah. okay, you you have a orchestra, okay, I'm a, I'm gonna get an orchestra too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have um, performance in your you know in your stage and in, in design. I don't have to sit here with a microphone. And Kanye pushes it right. Like, he pushes it on such a level where he's kind of like, hey, I'm going to be the biggest artist. And you're thinking, you know, yeah, you'll you'll do a rap show. It's like, no, no, no. I'm going to be in Wilburton. Like, I seriously am going to be the largest artist. And I think it has helped Jay-Z tremendously throughout his career. And then you you have to talk about um, that, that beautiful album, you know, The Watch the Throne, which was, again, a game changer, different sounds, you yep. have different producers. I, I went to the, the concert. I've, How many I've never, times? Just once, but I've How never seen it. How many times did they do niggas in Paris? Maybe about three or four. They were ready to go home, but <laughs> but but again, because they never weren't seen, they weren't in Paris, right? I've never seen a production like that for Jay Z, but now that's his standard, right? Because now Jay Z realizes I can put myself in this category. Mm-hmm. You know, Kanye's on a level with Beyonce and I just think it helped extend this career of young creativity and also somebody who can actually just effectively get things done and very fast at a high level mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. like I just I had to throw that in there because I don't think you know the legend of Jay-Z grows for a younger generation if you don't have a Kanye West you're not wrong you're not you're not wrong at all and 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 just to add to that I think that what Kanye took from Jay was not necessarily his rhyming style, but just the efficacy of the way he uses his words. Because if you listen to any Jay-Z record, like if you read his lyrics, a lot of times, me personally, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like if you take take it like out completely out of context, Jay-Z's lyrics just sound dumb as hell. Like, I'm not a businessman, I'm a businessman. Like, all right, dude. But if it was coming from anyone other than Jay, but Jay's saying it's like earth shattering. He he bodied Nas and the Ether beef in in that beef with a half a line in a song. Like Jay's efficacy with words, Kanye picked up on and was able to create tons and tons and tons of memorable lyrical moments that a lot of rappers hope that they can do. Like Kanye lines pop up in my head all the time. And this is something Malik that you and I talked about, um, about his use of extremely topical references. Like in, in Niggas in Paris, he interspliced the, the Blades of Glory clip. He talks, I mean, he always talks about uh, Will Ferrell movies, you know ba- the fish fillet. Exactly, he always talks about Will Ferrell movies. He's like, "Oh, you eat pieces of shit. What's the basis? That's Happy Gilmore." Like he, he is just 
so acutely tuned in to the zeitgeist that and he uses that lyrically and it makes otherwise stupid sounding lyrics sound more profound you know like he, he what what do you say on on uh on on pablo on life of pablo like i think that was probably the most simplistic he'd ever been lyrically but the effectiveness of it was maximized you know he's like oh you crashed your corolla you know i'm hanging on a hangover like blowing your fucking mind like he's just he's not uh, really saying uh, or anything. my favorite or my favorite a nigga drove 30 miles just to whoop a nigga ass like matt barnes yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly 30 hours <laughs> Oh yeah, he's just he's just talking at the end of the at the end. shout out to Madlib by the way, but like you know what I mean he's just talking at the end of the record. It, it's it, it's in, it's incredible, you know. It, yeah, I, I keep landing on the same point, but so so I have a question that I yeah. that I always think about with Kanye. All yeah. right, everything that he's going through, I mean, and he's always showed us his personality. Always. I, I, I already think I know the answer, but how do y'all think that history and people will remember him? Because if you look at today's time, this guy's just really pretty much very toxic, but hilarious, true to himself, and everybody knows that. It's like, you can't cancel him forever. Like, he don't care. But how do you all think history will remember him? In my personal I kind of look at him not saying he is this person, but when you look at a personality like a Tupac, some people thought he was problematic. Some people thought he was, you know, out of his mind. Now that he's dead, like, oh, people are like, I'm Louis Tupac. You know, like, how do y'all think history would see him? Bro, were you in my head like a couple hours ago? <laughs> like, I have notes that I wrote saying <laughs> that exact same thing. Yo. That's what the people want to know. So. We're really fans. So. So. Here, here's my take on it, assuming you were asking me. Just judging by our emotional response to Kanye, he'll be remembered favorably because we're going to be the only ones that care and we're going to write the history of it. We being black people? Yeah, exactly. I think he'll be bigger than that. I mean, the man got songs with Paul McCartney. But but that's not... But, <laughs> Elton John? But, but, Four or five seconds from Wildin. But I, but I don't think I don't think that those are the people that are writing. They're obviously like white Kanye fans. But as far as like popular culture goes, I think he has transcended uh, just people's comprehension. Now, I know that sounds hyperbolic. But yeah, what does that mean? Meaning, meaning that. Unless you have a story, an origin story that's similar to his, being a young, black, weird kid growing up in between suburbia and urban America, being fed images of black people destroying themselves and not wanting to be a part of that, but also realizing you have to be a part of that in order to get your point across, being an immensely creative You gotta entertain these white people. Exactly. You gotta shuck you gotta <laughs> but, shuck and job. But but Henry, you gotta give him his credit because one thing that I always think is crazy about him, 
I know everybody is different, but he made the producer look cool as hell. Yes. Like, you look at Dilla, and you're like, Dilla's clearly a better producer, but Kanye was like, I can be Dilla and Jay-Z. Watch. At the same time. And nobody else had did it. Pharrell was like, he's kind of awkward. Like, Pharrell's just now, and he's been in the game for years. Yes. Swiss now is looking very flowy. Like, yeah, but Kanye was the first person who stepped out and was like, I am a producer and a and rapper. And a rapper. And it looks cool. And that's a hard lane to navigate. And I sound better on my beats than you do. Yeah. So. And I rap. And I and and because I'm on Rockefeller, I have to rap with the greatest artists of all time and hold my own ground at all times. And just to go back to that Jay Z bit, I think there was a, and this kind of is a more broader conversation about Kanye as a producer in in general. He makes people better, like he just inherently makes people better, and that extends to Jay Z. Like I think there got to a point where like Otis is a perfect example, like. Kanye destroyed that. Like, Kanye took a sledgehammer to that shit and was just like, hey, Jay, uh, catch up. He was like, I need you to be Jay-Z right now because I, mur- I just murdered that verse. Like, I need you to be Jay-Z right now, you know? Like, and he's the only dude that could step into a booth with Jay-Z and be like, I'm just murk Jay-Z today. He may never articulate that but like he's not shook about it you know but but back to the the point about who who's going to define kanye's history it's going to be us and we it, live in such a cancel culture though right yeah and i feel like some of the younger ones who are on the lit twitter are yeah. just going to be like y'all remember when he went to trump's office i i honestly but i honestly don't think that kanye He's always had this paparazzi TMZ persona, like the very first thing he did. I mean, this was in between late registration and college dropout. The very he went first, to Jacob. The first he with twenty five thousand, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, he went on national television, standing next to Austin Powers, standing next to the biggest movie star in the on the planet. And he says, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Like, again, he has a shit vocabulary, but the man knows what he's trying to say. He knows what he's trying to say, but it just doesn't ever come out that way. And, you know, like I said, if you don't have this experience as a young black man growing up in between generations, looking into a future where you are you are the the arbiter of the culture but and coming from a past where you've been destroyed and he he he's he's playing this push and pull and he once he enters that that arena he realizes that yes all the people that are pulling the levers are are white and i think he couldn't have ended up in a better place than with jay-z um because of that because jay-z had been playing the game for so long but like once he got outside of that he was like okay he didn't realize he was being insulated by this like black elite and once he tried to leave that and smash every ceiling and floor and table possible he realized that you know lvmh holds the keys you know like 
the the hedge funds hold the keys. Like the Nike holds the keys. Like and he's just, he's just been fighting this, and and that is liable to drive you crazy. And that's how you end up with a Kanye and a Candace Owens. Like that's it. It, it it's it's sick. And Dave Chappelle talks about this all the time. He's just like there is something wrong with an industry that causes all these young black geniuses to go insane. And I'm not saying that there wasn't an underlying uh, uh, mental health issue, but bipolar can present itself later in life and it can it, it usually is brought on by like a very traumatic experience. And when you're manic, you go buck wild. And that's how you end up in Trump's building with blonde hair. That's how <laughs> you end up uh, at TMZ talking about getting your 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 stomach cut off for you. You know, that's how you end up saying slavery was a choice. It's like, you know, the, the whole slavery was a choice uh, uh, argument is has been a long a long tested debate within the black. Uh, intellectual community not saying that slavery was a choice but because we have the benefit of 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 history behind us some people especially in the conservative circles can say like what what i have done in that situation not taking into account that they were choosing to stay alive not choosing whether or not to be free they were like either i'm gonna i can live under bondage or I can be brutally murdered. And sometimes they didn't have a choice. But I think all Kanye heard was like, I'm free. How come my ancestors didn't do this? Not really realizing that like you're not supposed to say that shit out loud, bro. Or or not with even, no context. Or the context of, hey, you're not really free. But Exactly. You you ain't free, man. You your your ball and chain is causing the middle America to rot out from the inside. Like your wife is caught is, is part of the decline of Western civilization. And he's going in the opposite direction. So this has been Savage Mode, a podcast. About <laughs> oh, hold on. Hit the brakes, hit the brakes. Yeah, yeah. So to, to, to push this forward, which, which is interesting about, so it, you're both evidently pointing out this strand, this trajectory that kind of, has found himself on right and what's interesting is that kind of what you just described bruce if you i think if you go back to 2019 was that dr umar <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be next week's guest <laughs> what i wanted to point out though is that uh was a big boy <laughs> interviewed uh, uh kanye with, i think with one of his with, with his albums came out and um he he kind of he kind of it seemed like he was holding on to that trigger in terms of like pressing buttons, saying shit that uh, knows provokes a really strong reaction. And it's interesting that he's like, right. If you read, if you see the interview, he tells big boy straight up. He's like, Oh, but I can't say certain things. I can't say certain like recognizing that things that he says also provokes the community and draws ire from them. So like, right. right like, well, I guess what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I'll say like this, though, when you, again, go back to him as a person, that's what made him successful. So he's always pressed buttons. 
And one thing that Bruce said that stood out to me was that that he was protected by the black elite. Total different ball game now when you're not protected by the black elite because he's outside of this bubble. So he's only doing the patterns and things that he's done before, which is why I said when he originally said he supported Trump, it wasn't surprising. It was not surprising at all. It's like if you follow this person, this lines up to how he thinks. He's a rebel, right? Sometimes it looks like a rebel without a cause because sometimes it is. But he's a he's a button pusher. And what he does is I'm going to continue to push every button right or wrong. But if something works out or I find a path, hey, at least I found it, right? Like you guys can follow me there. And generally after he does that, everybody follows him. I saw an interview with Jay-Z and Jay-Z said it more so kind of like this. We are an army. He's like, but Kanye is always the first person to go over the hill. He's like, he was like, and your chances of dying is very high. He's like, but he's willing to do that. He was like, so he was like, a great example is Kanye was willing to do an auto tune first. He went over that hill, but now it's so normal. It's not even a thought, right? So it's kind of one of those things where with him as a person, again, it's him pushing buttons. Like you couldn't have told anybody that he was going to say, fuck Nike, and I'm going to give up all these Tinker Hatfield designs, which, by the way, nobody had had, right? Like, nobody had touched Tinker Hatfield designs. And so he leaves and goes to Adidas. At the time, you're like, he's crazy. He comes out with the first shoe. You're like, this thing is ugly. Let's just be honest. But when he does press the right button, which he kind of copies the Nike Rocher, He's, it works, and now he's a billionaire. Like it's like, hey, you you criticized me, it worked, and now everybody's trying to do the same thing. And I think that just when you look at his history in life, he's only simply doing a pattern that he's always done. It's a matter of can you, as a person, handle how extreme he's going to go with this pattern? Because he's going to go out there where he's like, I will go to a Trump office, right? Because I've also heard other rappers initially say the same reason they wanted to go to Trump's uh, office because they felt like they weren't accepted by President Obama. Like they, you guys got to remember. Unless you were common. Right. Everybody was going to the White House at one point. The people's rapper. Right. So, so why won't, why can't I come into the White House? So again, I think it just goes into one of those things. He's going to push a button. Is it going to piss you off? Yes. Is it going to make you mad? Yes. But I think, um hopefully hopefully he does he has the right intentions right and i think you can always just tell with um i always just judge it off of his music i know that's so basic it's it's very a very basic thing to judge it off of but you can tell when he made those bad albums he wasn't right <laughs> he wasn't right but then when the gospel thing actually worked and whoop he did he the scoop. right button scoop exactly. did he whoop when he actually did the gospel covers and he figured it out, you could clearly see in his life things were progressing. Forbes announces him as a billionaire, and it's kind of like that's where you can tell where he is emotionally. So I think, you know, he's just he's he's a natural button pusher. My personal thought is that Kanye thought the MAGA hat was dope and was just like, there's no way someone's going to tell me I can't wear that. And he had to figure out a way to get to a place where he could wear the MAGA hat. Not to, I mean, he he tried before. 
you remember you remember they all tried with the uh, Confederate flag like him, yeah oh yeah uh, Vic, he had the, he had the bomber like they, they yeah. were all trying to make it a thing and yep. it didn't work yep because because that's the last that's the last line of gatekeepers which are the black elders you will be used and co-opted you may think you're in power but in reality the old money that's still running everything like they're going to co-opt you and i think he you know i'm not take removing his agency but i just don't think he had the political literacy to realize that like just because your bank account is x doesn't mean that you have an equal voice at the table which was clear with his situation with nike because nike you know he he was he brought them so much shit and they were just like, but you're not the boss here. I mean, we're only allowing one person to do that. And that's Michael Jordan. And then LeBron James had to prove himself over a certain amount of years to get to that same equal footing. And who, who, and, and once Kanye got to that point, Drake had already slid in. Drake had already slid into that position. That's an excellent point. Kanye had already went over the hill. Well, Kanye made it safe. Yeah, so now Nike's like, we're not a fool. Go get Drake. Yeah. And let him be, you know, the Let him face. be the Wheaties. And, yeah, and the and the uh, <laughs> our rapper for, for Nike, and we're done. We don't have to hire a bunch of little rappers. Just get Drake. We're done. Give him his own line. We don't have to hire a bunch of niggas is what is what. <laughs> Yeah, That's yeah. What, they, what you say? All right, I got I got one final question. Uh-huh. This is not on the running show, but um, to Bruce's last point, uh, I've always thought of Kanye as either representing or like trying to align himself with uh, wherever popular culture is in America. Like broadly speaking, like the whole he wants to be McDonald's, he wants to be the Gap. Where is Kanye right now, and what does that say about? where we are as American people right now. Kanye is alone, divorced, and in Wyoming on a farm. This sounds like America. <laughs> that that sounds like America. My man my man bought his own plantation and he's gonna die on it. Like Right. That's he got right. his he got his forty acres, right? And he's gonna die on it. He's gonna be rich though. Yep. Rich the richest person in Wyoming. And every, <laughs> and, every and every now and then you'll you'll you you know, you'll get a little celebrity excuse me, photo ops and you know, everybody just going in there just to check on them. Somebody gonna so go he's retiring. Yeah, welfare He's retiring. Welfare check. No, I don't think he I don't think he's retiring. I just think like the world doesn't need a Kanye right now. Trump, the Trump era made everything so serious and Kanye's grand vision for America. Nobody could take it seriously. You know, no matter how earnest he was about it, like he's just Kanye at the end of the day. And unfortunately, like America needs a lot more than nice sneakers and hoodies (laughs) You know, and unfortunately, that's his language. That that had to be his language because he's not consumerism. Yeah, that had to be his medium. But that's the other thing about Kanye, though. Like he, when he says he's like Andy Warhol, like I think that's true. I think 
in in the sense that like consumerism, the way he uses samples, right? Like pop culture is his paint. There's an, a, a tremendous amount of credit due to him, and whether whether it's just manic craziness or it's like intentional foresight, but he hit that wall. He he made it as far as 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 you can get before you hit that wall of corporate interest and world making. And Kanye is in the build, business of world making, and they will not allow him to be in that club at all whatsoever so he's alone on a farm divorce <laughs> i think i think he's going to continue to push a button but it's going to be a while he's going to because when you said you know the trump the trump is over that kind of perfectly aligns somewhat who kind of is as a person so it's kind of like um there's still people who believe in both and i think with kanye i'm kind of curious now that you know if kim isn't his wife and again, he's always listened to the younger. Does he go super young and tries to start from the beginning? Does he try another way? Does he or is, does he lay all everything, all his guns down, and just says, you know, it's over? Does he, you know, what what? I'm kind of curious of what path he takes. I don't necessarily think he's he's done, but I'm curious. I read I read an article. Maybe one of you sent it to me. But or I just saw an article where they were talking about how amical the divorce was and how um, and how easy it was from like a, a, a legal standpoint. But where and how Kim had didn't want to do it earlier because he was in a bipolar episode and she thought it would have been cruel to to disconnect in that time. Um, and like, let's just operate in a world where like all that is true. Right. Like, that's incredibly compassionate of her. Um, but what they did say was he's in a what he he he's in like a what if I stage. Right. He was like, what if I didn't do this? What if I didn't go to Trump? What if I didn't, you know, um, run for president? Which she said was like uh, uh, a reason why she wanted to end the relationship. She's like, what what if I didn't do all these things? So. The one thing about isolation, as we, we've all learned, is that you can be extremely contemplative. Uh, and especially when you're like uh, Silver Springs, Ohio, you know, especially when you're you're not in Hollywood, you're not in New York, you're not in these like high stimulus areas. And usually after a breakup, which is actually Kanye's story kind of aligns with my story in 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 a lot of ways, not one for one, but like I just remember <laughs> after my first breakup, that was like an incredibly contemplative time for me. It was difficult, it was hard, but like ultimately you come out a better person. And I think when he was living inside uh, someone said to me at a restaurant once, he's like Kanye isn't Kim Kim isn't a isn't a West. Kanye is a Kardashian. And once he said that to me, that like <laughs> flipped my whole thinking about it. Because remember what I just said, he hit, he ran up against that wall of power. And Kim is, is not black and she holds the power. And he could not advance beyond her. 
because she held she held the keys. And I'm not talking about in their relationship, but just like there's just a world that she can progress in and there's a world that that, that he he wants to progress in, but he can't. He's out he's outlasted his usefulness. She's now at the top of the game and he now has to go back out into the world and reinvent himself. So do we have any final thoughts from uh, Benjamin before we hit the road? Uh, you know, if he doesn't do anything else, uh, it sounds like church. Like he's already done enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's he's this this guy, and again, I have to co-sign again what Bruce has been saying. But if you were a young black man and you saw Kanye West. I don't even know if you weren't young and black, but definitely if you were a young black male and you saw this guy, he made it cool to do different things. Like my brother said a line where he says, Kanye said, I guess it's cool for a gangster to wear sandals. And my brother said he took off his Nikes and wore sandals to school that day. He said, cause Kanye said it right. And it's just one of those things. Um, everybody is flawed. I'm not trying to cape for the man. He is, you know he's very problematic in certain ways, <laughs> but isn't but, that isn't that the existence of a young black man in America today? Isn't fact. that I mean, the that's, that's, exemplified? That's everybody, but that's everybody, right? Like everybody's problematic in some kind of way. I think for him to do what he did, and he was the perfect thing that was needed. That you know taught a lot of people how to dress. That told a lot of people about different things and cultures and gave you positive motivational music, always was vulnerable, you know, always uh, brought you into his life. And, you know, whether you agree with him or disagree with him, you can't lie that he was authentic and his music was awesome. As my friend has told me, and I did not realize this, so many people dislike him, but if you do a cover of their, his song, they love it, right? And it's still his work, so... You know, I'm just more so thankful that we got to experience somebody like that in our lifetime. Like, I thought, like, a Stevie Wonder was, like, a one-on-one, and you would never get that. So this is, like, our version of a Stevie Wonder or, like, a Beatles. (laughs) And I'm sure the kids one day will, like, ask, like, yo, what was that like? Or do you remember when this came out? So, you know, I'm just really glad that I got to really experience this entire ride. Um, I'm curious to where it goes next, but again, like if nothing ever comes out, nothing ever does. Like there's so many little minions he has. I'm doing my landscape in the back of my crib. Rich nigga shit, right? Before we could put all the trees and add the beauty, you gotta break some things. If you keep on getting just the beauty, just the perfect thing, just the Obama walk through the hallway. It just—he don't even walk. You know, his feet don't even touch the floor. He just floating. <laughs> Give her a handshake and all that. You know what I mean? You get all of these images. This is what it is. This is what I wanted to talk about. The idea of black perfection. Ooh. Like a black person can't be imperfect in the public eye. Ooh. That's a form of control. Ooh. The beauty is in the imperfection that this is possible. But appreciate y'all having me. I yeah, it, no, I'm I'm extremely grateful. This this was very cathartic for me. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for doing. Thank you, Malik and and, uh, and Irv for doing the prep work. This has been uh, this was a treat. Yeah, man. And and uh, blessings to you and safety down there in, in Texas. Uh, shout out. Thank you, Ben. 
Henry. <laughs> Y'all suck, man. Anyway, this has been Savage Mode Special Kanye we're, West we're Edition. All that out. All that. <laughs> no, no positivity. Malik, we're in, Malik we're was like, huh? Made the joke about socialism. <laughs> That was the end. Uh, he, he is. I appreciate y'all though, man. Sorry for going on tangents. Y'all, y'all nah. had me talk about. If it. young Metro, don't trust you. Don't trust you. If young Metro, don't trust you. Don't trust you. If young Metro, don't trust you. Trust you, I'm gonna shoot. Get it from the morning, get it some of my